0: Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to the third part of our year-end series. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax, here it is. I'm going to read this, and uh, if you get excited, you can shout, you can cry, you can say amen, uh, whatever you want to do. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope To which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people and His incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is the same. Someone shout, "Save!" The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule, all authority, power and dominion. Every name that is evoked, not only in the present age, but in the one to God come. God placed all things, someone shout all things things. under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything all power, everything. Why did he do this? Why did God give Jesus all the power? He says, for the church. He did it for the church, which is his body, the fullness. Someone shout fullness. Keep shouting fullness. Because my iPad crashed and I need the last couple verses. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way everything in every way come on let's clap our hands I don't I don't have a title this morning as much as I have a declaration so our declaration this morning uh is just simply this we're that church we're that church I said we're that church if you uh if you don't mind before you sit down if you know the person next to you if you don't know them can you just t- turn to them and say we're that church we're that church. We're that church. Thank you so much, worship team. You guys can be seated. Man, anyone excited to be in church today? Man, I'm so pumped to be here with you. Hey, if you're new, if you're visiting, my name's Harrison. Uh, I'm the pastor here, and uh, I'm just, I'm honored that you took the time to be here uh, to our online family. Shout out to you. So glad you could be here. Uh, Today's a special morning. Today's a special season. We're in the midst, the middle uh, of our year end series. And uh, can you just make some noise? Anyone here for part one or part two of this series? Uh, We have a a tradition here where we finish every single year uh, with a faith series. And, And really, this series is about two things it's about faith and it's about generosity. And the truth is, I don't think you can actually uh, split up faith and generosity. I think they go hand in hand. uh, Because specifically, in order for us to be generous, it takes faith. It takes faith to believe that when I give something, God is going to do more with that than I could have ever done myself. That takes faith. It takes faith to say, hey, when I give a little bit of my time... God's going to extend that and actually give me more than I thought that I had. So this series, we talk a lot about um, generosity, and really, uh, we end it in faith. And so next week, uh, December 18th, if you're in person, December 19th online, uh, we're taking our year-end offering. And really what we're doing in that moment is we're taking that leap of faith to say, Jesus, I'm going to respond to what you've called me to give. So um, if, if you don't know, if you haven't been here, we have a moment. Uh, Next week where we actually come and give and so we always encourage everyone uh, to bring a physical offering to bring your physical offering Because we have this moment of worship at the end uh, and it's just gonna be so beautiful So that's next week. We still got this week and I got a message next week as well So uh, the first two weeks of this series if you guys were kind of here We we talked about the heart of giving we talked about the heart of generosity. Why do we give? Why are we generous people Uh, today? I want to talk kind of more about what happens Uh, when we give, and even more than that, what God wants to do, because I believe that God wants to do something in each and every one of our lives. God wants to do something in this place, and so today, I want to speak about that, because I just have this belief, and if you guys know me well, um, I I believe a lot of stuff, but I don't always feel it. Um, I'm more of like the intellectual kind of thing, but I was just... um, just, just thinking this weekend, I really just feel it. I don't just intellectually know it. I feel it in my spirit. I feel it in my bones. The best days for this church are ahead of us. Come on. And what God is about to do is nothing compared to what we've seen before, and I'm just so excited for that. So I want to get right into the word this morning. Um, Ephesians is what we just read, and we're going to study it. And, and really what we see in this passage is Paul is is writing to the church, and he's writing to the church to encourage them. And as we go through it, and as we read it there a second ago, you may have noticed that in some sense, Paul is almost giving a description of who Jesus is. He's writing this message to the church, but he's really describing who God, who Jesus is. He's describing even more so the power that is in Jesus. And as you read it, it's almost like this description where Paul is saying to the church, like, I know uh, what you you, you, you you worship, I know who you worship, but I want you to understand what kind of power this God actually possesses. I want you to know the power that exists in Jesus, and and it's really this description, and, and I want to study that this morning because I think that Paul wants us to know. Paul wants us to understand who we worship and the power that is in him, and so it kind of reminds me of uh, a couple of years ago, um, Well, I guess six years ago, 2015. um, I know. I know. I don't shame other kids, just my own. Um, Thank you so much. Everyone say, hey, Judah. Hey, Judah. He gone. Um, (laughs) 2015, I bought my very first uh, brand new car. Like, not like the Kijiji Facebook market, like, I bought, I bought a brand new car, and so um, I was searching for, like, this luxury vehicle, um, and I ended up buying this high-end vehicle known as the Mazda 3. Um, <laughs> if you don't know anything about cars, it's not that high-end. Um, but I bought, I bought a Mazda 3, and in the process, though, like, kind of in my price range, I was looking at the Mazda, the Honda, the Toyota. Uh, I'm a pastor. That's kind of where I stay in my lane, Right? Um, And so when I I was going to to look for a car, one of the things that all these salespeople would tell you, um, they describe the car, and one of the things they would say is that this car uh, has this amount of horsepower. So they'll say the Mazda has 150 horsepower, uh, the the, the Toyota has 140 horsepower, so on and so forth. Now, um, I know like a little bit about cars today. Uh, I knew even less back then. And so I knew that horsepower has something to do with power, but I don't even necessarily know what that means. And so, like, when they're saying the Mazda has 150 horsepower, like, that sounds nice. Like, wow, 150 horses. Like, that's, that's pretty good. But as, as I was digging into this, what I realized was that all of these things were kind of the same. Like, 140 for this, 150 for this. I ended up going with the Mazda because I thought it looked the best, but it also had the most amount of horsepower. Uh, which in my price range, not a lot. Not a lot of horsepower. But one thing I wanted to do when I was kind of researching the cars is I wanted to understand what it actually meant. And so I did some research to figure out what horsepower actually was. Because I had this kind of thing inside of me where it's was like, if I was going to invest in something, if I was going to put my money into something, I kind of wanted to know what kind of power I was tapping into. And when I think about Jesus... I think maybe a lot of us, if we've been in church for a while, we know, like, hey, he's our Lord and Savior. He died for our sins, Son of God, all that stuff. But I began to wonder this week how many of us know or how many of us are aware that the power that is actually in the name of Jesus? You see, we sing the songs. Right? What an awesome God. We sing these songs, but do we actually know the power that exists in the Spirit of Jesus? And so, today, much like Paul, what I want to do is I want to unlock and I want us to understand the power that exists in Jesus. Specifically, for those of us who are saying, Hey, I'm investing my life into Jesus. Well, if you're going to make that investment into Him, I want you to know what kind of horsepower comes with Him. Can we do that today? So I'm, I'm going to break this verse down, um, and we're going to study it. So Ephesians chapter 1, as I said, this, this, this exhortation Paul is giving is really to the church and for the church. And he starts by saying this. He starts by saying, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be open. If you guys are really attuned, you'll know that we sing this song sometimes, Right? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, come on. I want to see you. We don't just sing songs for fun. It's scripture, right? It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. What he's saying, he's saying, I pray that your eyes be open, but not just your physical eyes, but the eyes of your heart. So what he's saying is this, and I want to really break this down, because I think we understand what we see with our eyesight, that's kind of like the rational stuff. Right? That's like, that's, that's eye level. What I see is, is rational. Um, it, it's, it's right in front of me. It makes sense. That's the logical side of me. And so when it comes to Jesus, we need to see with logical eyes, we need to see with rational eyes. But what he's also saying is that we also need to see with our hearts. That's the emotional side, that's the emotional aspect. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be open. So what, what Paul is saying, he's saying, when it comes to how we see Jesus, I want us to see Jesus twofold. I want us to see him intellectually. I want us to see him logically with our eyes. But I also want to ex- us to experience him with our hearts. May, 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 may the eyes of our hearts be open. Because I've been in this game long enough to know that most of us lean one way or another. Some of us are overly logical. Right? I only see what's in front of me. And so when it comes to Jesus, maybe we have a logical understanding, a theoretical understanding of Jesus. Well, it's like I worship Jesus because I know he's the son of God. He died for me, forgave my sins. I get it. I know it. F- for others of us, we kind of lean more the emotional way. The emotional way is like I just feel the presence of Jesus. When I come into this place, I can't help but cry. and I just, There's something that tingles inside of me. And and all of us, as I'm, I'm describing these things, you probably know which way you lean. Some of us, we lean more emotional. Some of us, we lean more analytical, more logical. What Paul is saying is that it's not either or, it's a both and. I must be both intellectual and also emotional. Because if I do not have both, I will not be able to see Jesus clearly. This is really important. The best way I can describe it is in a relationship. In a relationship, you must love someone emotionally, but also intellectually. If you're all emotion, if you're all heart, you can write this down. If I'm all heart, it's going to be heartbreak. Right? Like, I'm only with this, but why are you together? So, well, we just feel so good together. The chemistry is palpable. She's just so good looking. What else? I just feel, I just feel something with her. You guys have been in those relationships just purely emotional? On the other hand, you can't just be strictly intellectual, right? Well, they're a Christian. They have a great job. um, They treat their mothers well. Uh, Are you attracted to them? No, not at all. I actually can't stand to be in their presence, but intellectually, it just makes sense. right? We know when it comes to a relationship, it must be both. It must be both intellectual and emotional. And so the same thing when it comes to Jesus, Paul is praying that when we see him, our eyes and our hearts may be opened. For some of us in this season, we need a shift. We need a shift from understanding God simply at an analytical level and saying, Jesus, I need you to touch me in the heart level. You see, next week, as we're already there, as we're kind of coming to the end of this series, I believe in the moment that we're going to have in this moment of worship where we give. For some of us, we're going to have to give in a way that pushes us outside of our comfort zone. And what I mean by that is for the, for the very analytical people, the intellectual people that say, well, I've done the math. I know exactly what's in the budget. I know what I'm going to give. There may come a moment, and maybe you've already experienced it. Maybe you will experience it, where the Holy Spirit will urge you, and you'll kind of feel this emotional thing where God's calling you to give something that you weren't expecting to give. And so in that moment, I must shift past my intellectual and learn to respond to the emotional. And in the exact same way, and this is all the time when it comes to following Jesus, it can't be strictly emotional. I don't worship Jesus if I just feel like it. You see, if you come to church to worship only when it feels right, you just won't worship. And so there are times where I'll have to intellectually worship God, where I'll say, I'm here, Jesus, not because I feel it, because I intellectually I know that you are good. I know that you are worthy of my worship. So Paul, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened. Specifically, he says, that they may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Now, I'm going to get to power in a second, but I want us to understand this. Paul, in this moment, in this text, he's saying, I pray that your eyes would be open so that you can understand the hope to which Jesus has called you. This is important for us to understand. When Jesus comes and he saves us, He saves us from something. He saves us from death. He saves us from sin. He saves us from destruction. But he does not just save us from something. He calls us to something. And what he says, he says, I pray that they may know the hope. I pray that they may know the hope. Listen, every single one of us in Jesus, you are called to something. Your life has a purpose. Your life has meaning. God has a call on your life. And what Paul is praying, my prayer for us today is that we may see that calling, that our eyes may be open to understand what Jesus has for us. And he doesn't just stop there. This is the part where it gets mind boggling. He says, The hope to which you've been called, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now, let me break this down. This is what he's saying. He's saying, You've been chosen, you've been called. To what? You've been called to be his inheritance. We are the inheritance of Jesus. Why is this mind-blowing? An inheritance is literally a gift. So what Paul is saying, he's saying, I pray that you understand that your life has a calling, and the calling of your life is so high that when you step into it, you are actually a gift to God. You are in his inheritance, Why is this mind boggling? Because me and you, as unholy, broken people, we can actually be an inheritance to God. We can actually bless God. That's crazy because I don't think of myself as a blessing to God so much as I think of myself as a burden to God. You guys ever feel that? And I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus sometimes you are a burden. Anyone, I got kids now, I'm starting to understand. Like, you, you know, you love them with your heart, soul, and, and everything, but sometimes they're a burden. <laughs> sometimes with Jesus, man, he loves you so much, but sometimes you're a burden. Yep, they downloaded Tinder again. <laughs> Here they go. But the beauty of this text is saying when you understand, when you step into the calling that Jesus has for you, you are actually his inheritance. You can do something, we can actually bless God. What a thought that is and I I was thinking of this just this this week this idea that you can you can actually bless your father in heaven that that he can be proud of you. Is that not mind-blowing that the God of the universe could be proud of you as his inheritance? I kind of I got the picture this week and I'm not meaning to embarrass some people but we had um, a worship night a couple weeks ago and um, Sydney was up here just preaching and, and speaking and her dad was in the audience Roger and as Sydney was speaking, um, I was looking at Roger, and Roger is just crying, just like bawling his eyes out. And uh, in the moment, though, what you see is it's a father who's proud of his daughter. And, and this picture in that moment is the same picture that when we do things for God, it's the exact same way. When we step into our calling, there is a father in heaven who is literally, and maybe he's a father like Roger, emotional, crying, and he's proud of us when we understand that calling. And so what Paul is saying in this moment, he's saying, man, I pray that you guys can see that you are actually a gift to God, that there is something that you have to offer. As a church, listen to this, we can actually be a gift to God. How can we become a gift to God when we come onto mission, when we understand why we exist? If you do not know this, I'm here to tell you today, we as a church exist to bless God. How do we bless God? We bless him through worship, but we also bless him through evangelism. What that means is this. When I tell other people about Jesus, when my life reflects the goodness of Jesus, he is blessed. He is proud. We are his inheritance. And so if you don't know this, I'm here to tell you, Kingdom Church, we're not just a church. We're a rescue mission. We exist for the one. We exist for the one person that we've given hope up, we've given up hope on. We exist for the person that we think is too far gone. But when we step into that mission, God is proud of us. We are his inheritance. And the church, as we exist, can actually be a reflection of his glory. And so what I want us to understand this morning is this. The church, you can write it like this, is God's signpost to the world. The church is God's signpost to the world. Why do, we, why do we exist to reflect the glory of Jesus? And every single time, listen to this, every single time we step into mission, every single time we step into purpose, something happens. Can I, can I tell you what happens other than this idea of an inheritance that he's happy? You're like, Harrison, are you sure Does God actually get happy? Can I actually bless God? Look what Luke chapter 15 says. This is Jesus. He says, verse 17, he says, I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So what he's saying is every single time someone comes home, there's a party in heaven. The last two weeks we've had baptisms. Shout out Jake. Shout out Audrey. Shout out Ryan. Listen, in those moments when we clap here and have a good time and we feel really good, guess what? It's amplified in heaven. There's a party in heaven. There's rejoicing in heaven. The Father is there, and he's so happy. He said, my sons have come home. My daughter's come home. Come on, somebody. The church is God's signpost to the world. Listen, when we think about this place, a lot of times we just think about me. What can I get? What can I do? What if we began to think about other people? Who can I bless? Who can I bring here? Who needs hope? And what will happen is that we'll begin to see God do amazing things. We'll begin to see the power of Jesus. And that's what he says. He says, I pray that they may understand the riches of his inheritance. But even more than that, verse 19, it says, his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Listen, so Jesus chooses us. We are his inheritance to go to the world, to be that signpost, but guess what? He doesn't send you out empty-handed. He doesn't send you out empty-handed. He sends you with the power of God. And it's not just, like, we talk about power right? Horsepower, like horsepower sounds really good. I want us to understand what kind of a power does he send us out with? Well, the Bible says it is the same power as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. So if you're a Christian here today, if you do not know this, the reason we gather together is one reason and one reason only. It is because Jesus has raised from the dead. Paul puts it like this. He says, if Jesus had not risen from the dead, your faith is useless. There's no reason for us to be together. We don't worship a guy that died on Friday. We worship a guy that rose again on Sunday. And when we think about that moment that Jesus was raised from the dead, it seems like this powerful moment. And for a lot of us, we view it as a one-time moment. Well, it was in that moment the power of God was exerted forever. That's it. Nope. It says the same power. Someone shout, same power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead exists in you, exists in me. How many of us think about that? The same power exists. Listen, we don't sing these songs for no reason. That's why we talk about resurrection power. You want me to sing it? Maybe you missed it. It goes, resurrection power runs in my veins too. I believe there's another miracle here in this room. We sing it because we believe it. The power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in us. And what I want to do today and my purpose today is to echo the words of Paul to say, Jesus, open the eyes of our hearts to help us understand that power exists in me. That power exists in you. What if we came here and we believed another miracle was going to happen today? Listen, I'm believing in faith. Next week is going to be a miracle. God's going to do more than we could ever think, dream, hope, or imagine. So if you take your notes, write it like this. And I want us to declare this for our lives. We have the same power. We have the same power. Listen, I'm a car salesman today. You got the same power. The power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in you and what God wants to do and what God is waiting to do he's waiting to pour that power out on his church listen and and and, and it's a whole other sermon I could talk about spiritual gifts but what spiritual gifts literally are is the Holy Spirit empowering you and I with his power that's what spiritual gifts are but Again, that's, that's a whole sermon to get into that. But in, in the same way he pours his spirits out on the individual, he wants to pour it out on us as a church. He wants us to experience it. He wants us to live in it. And what I came here to tell you today is that that power is moving. I said that power is moving. Can I, I, just want, I want to go back to some testimonies for a second from two weeks ago. Jake told the story about his brain tumors and the fact that it rocked his faith, not just his, his brother's but that he's here. Now, how does that happen? It happens by one way and one way only. It's the power of Jesus. It's the power of the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You can clap louder than that, that exists. I, th- I think of Audrey's story she told last week. She said, I got no one in my house that's a Christian. How does she end up here? It's by the power of Jesus. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on somebody, Ryan. He's talking about his thick skull. How does, that, how does that melt? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And you have a testimony too. I have a testimony too. That power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in this church. God is moving. And so I want you to understand something and where I want to go is I want to describe just a little bit more about what God has been doing in this church. Because you need to understand we don't just show up here and nothing happens. We've been for the last three and a half years tapping into the power of Jesus if you don't know our story, I'm going to tell it to you briefly, and I've told it before, and I'm sure I'll tell it again. Uh, but three and a half years ago, Kingdom Church did not exist. It was nothing. You see, we're a church plant. We started September 2018, and um, some church plants, they, they, they come from, you know, a large group of people. Maybe a church sends them out. Um, we, we weren't like that. It was just me, and then my wife, and then there there's two of us. And then we met in our basement, and there was three, four, five, six, and at most there was about 20 people in our basement. And I think back sometimes, and I look out today and week after week, and I'm like, man, we couldn't have fit in my basement. I look out, and I'm like, man, there's so many people here that were never in my basement, but they're here today. Why? It's the power of Jesus. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. We need not forget that. We are not here by human effort. We are not here by human intervention, we are here by divine intervention and the power of the Holy Spirit. And what God has been doing in this place for the last three years is nothing short of miraculous. I have have girls, twin girls, they're two years old, they're toddlers, and they'll soon be three, and our church is three, and what I know about three-year-olds is we're still stumbling toddlers. We don't know a whole lot, we're kind of just figuring out, that's us. And that's why I say in the name of Jesus, we haven't seen anything yet, because what will Kingdom Church look like when we're 30 years old, when we're a little bit more mature, when we understand what we're doing? But I want us to understand what it was like and what it is like, because when we understand that, we can begin to see the power of Jesus. So. I want to tell you just a little bit about where we are and what's been happening. So um, as a church plant, one thing you need to understand, um, and there's statistics to back it up. uh, You may have a dream, but it's not necessarily going to come to fruition. There are church plants out there that die. In the name of Jesus, it's not us. Thank you, Jesus. But when we started the church, um, one of my personal worries um, was finances. I was worried about it because like... um, when we left, we didn't have ascending church. We didn't have anything like that. All we had was a hope and a dream and a prayer. And so I was, I was always like, man, like, what's it going to look like? And um, I talked about generosity uh, in the basement because I, I wanted to, but um, I want to share a clip. Can I, can I share a clip? Um, I actually, the stuff in our basement, it's recorded, and I was listening to some stuff this week, and as I listened to it, I was like, man, by the power of Jesus, anyone listen to me? I thought it was terrible. Um, maybe I'm being hard on myself. But I want, I want to share something because I talk about generosity, and then I want to follow up on it. So, um, Sarah, there's, there's a clip. Uh, Malcolm, there's some audio to the clip. So uh, let's just play it, and then I'll talk about it. We want to launch well. We want to launch amazing uh, money that comes into our church. It is 100% going towards launch of this church. It's going towards our building, it's going towards equipment, um, and then eventually that money is going to go back into our community in terms of what we do, our, out- so our outreach stuff, things like that. Um, but we need to be generous, right? We can't do that. This idea of a coffee cart, we want to give coffee every single week for free to people that come to our church. That sounds generous, because it is generous. But the only way we can do that is through our generosity, right? Mm-hmm realistically, we are the ones paying for that coffee. Because you're saying, man, God, like here, just take my 3%, take my 10%. Because I believe that you can do more with it than I can do with it myself. And I'm telling you guys this. It'll change. Once you see people's lives being changed, you're like, man, I want to give more so we can reach more people, so we can do more events, so we can give more away to people who need it. So... That was in the basement in 2018, and um, I share in there a little vision, right? Like one day we want to give stuff away, but um, as I listened to that this week, can I, can I let you know what was in my mind behind the words that I said? Um, there was a lot of fear, and I know it because <laughs> I remember the time. Uh, when our church started, we had pretty much two expenses. We had rent and then hopefully coffee right? And like our rent was about $2,300, um, I think, when we started, and coffee was $20 a bag. And I literally remember um, doing the math, saying like, okay, what like what do people need to give in order for us to cover rent, in order that we can't give away coffee? And so I spoke in this moment of this idea of vision, but deep down inside of me, um, I was really, really scared. They're like, I don't know if we can actually even afford this. And as I listened to it, and I think, Going back, one of the reasons I'm a little bit embarrassed of it is because if I could go back and speak to myself then, what I would tell him is what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1. That Harrison, you need to understand that the spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive in the church. And so you need to have a little bit more faith and you can only afford $20 a coffee. And what we began to do is is really we just saw, man, how God blessed us. And when we stepped out, God blessed us. And so at the beginning of 2020, uh, which is about a year and a half after we started, um, we decided that we were going to give stuff away, right? Kind of step into that, right? Like, let's do it. And so we started to support the food bank um, every single month. And then COVID happened. And what happened in COVID, and I've said it before, if you don't know it, um, people gave more to the church than we've ever experienced and literally by the middle of the summer in 2020 uh, our budget for the whole year was covered which was crazy yeah and so we decided in that time uh, we, we we began to develop this thing called the generosity project and so we said hey God's been so good to us how can we bless more people, and we, we developed the Generosity Project, and it's been going, and this, this year is our first year with the Generosity Project, and just supporting um, all the stuff that God has done, and um, I want to let you know today, and the reason I shared that clip from 2018 is because in 2018, my vision for giving stuff away was $20 coffees. That was as far as my faith allowed me to go, but I'm just so thankful that the church is not built on my faith, but by the faithfulness of Jesus. And I'm just so thankful that the power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in this place. And so I want you to know, in the last 10 months, this is up until November 1st, just how much as a church we've given away. Because I want you to understand the power of Jesus. Can I share some numbers with you? This year, up until the end of October, Generosity Project, this year alone, we have given away $17,000. $17,716, to be precise. Giving it away. St. Albert Food Bank, this is again up until the beginning of November. We've given them $3,000. Come on. That's, that's meals. And, and, and I, should, I should clarify Generosity Project, what is that? That's the initiatives that we've done. That's given over 100 kids school supplies this year, that's the, the meals that we gave at Thanksgiving. 80, 80 meals for people at Thanksgiving. Um, just, just so many ways we blessed the community. The food bank, right, giving them food. A new one that we started uh, supporting this year, Operation Mobilization. What Operation Mobilization is, is they work um, specifically, mostly in Africa. And uh, there's a ship that literally goes around to different islands, different places, and just does evangelism just gives them basic needs and proclaims the name of Jesus. And so we've been supporting them uh, this year. And so this this list, three short years later, this year alone, we've already, and it's it's just going to increase, given away over $22,000. And that's not including coffee. (laughs) Now, the reason that I want you to know this is for you to understand the power of Jesus. Listen, and maybe some of you are saying, oh, it's not that big of a number. It's huge for me. Cause I remember the days when I'm doing calculations. Can we even afford rent? Right? I just quit my job. I was just living off my sugar mama. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I know I'm gonna give faithfully, but like, oh, the tie's been cut in half. And so three short years later, as I've said, we gave away just in the last ten months. Over $22,000. In the last year and a half, I, I didn't do all the calculations, but it's a whole lot more than that. And I've got a little more faith today, but only because I've tasted and seen the power of Jesus. And I believe in faith. Listen to this, church. In faith, there's going to come a time when we give away over $100,000 in one year. I'm going to say it. Right? We're just straight give away to people outside of ourselves only by the power of Jesus. And that power exists in each and every one of us. We've seen it in the church. And he says that power exists and it has brought Jesus, verse 21, far above all rule, all authority, power, and dominion, every name that is evoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Why did he do this for the church? I need us to understand this. Why was all authority? Why was all power? Why was all dominion given to Jesus? It was given to Jesus so that he could give it to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. I need you to understand this. If you have a low view on church, "Ah, church is cool. I go every once in a while. Church is not a place to go. Church is a being. The fullness of Christ exists in the church. Why was Jesus given such power? It's for the church. You can write it like this. We're God's plan. Listen, we look around in the brokenness, and there's brokenness in this world. I know many of us see it. There's, I know, and we talked about giving stuff away. There's financial brokenness. There's all those things, but I think more than anything, there is a spiritual brokenness. In St. Albert, there's a spiritual brokenness in Alberta, in Edmonton, and surrounding areas. And so we ask ourselves, what has God done and what is God doing? It's simple. God is sending the church with all authority, with all power, with the power that raised Christ from the dead. And I'm telling you today, in the name of Jesus, we've already made a dent here in St. Albert. We've already made a dent, but we're just getting started. And the best is yet to come. In my spirit, the best is yet to come. So I want to tell you something that I think is pretty exciting. Um, I talked a little bit about rent. Um, So if you don't know, uh, we rent this place. Uh, In in case anyone's confused, the sign says Victory Life Church. Um, We are not Victory Life Church. So if you think this is Victory Life, welcome. Uh, this This is Kingdom Church. Um, We rent this place, and man, Victory Life has been so gracious and amazing, and really, we couldn't be where we are today without this space, and so we thank them for it. We bless them for it, Um, but about a year and a half, or about a year ago, I should say, um, I just really felt in my spirit, God was just planting this idea, like, we need our own space, and and not just for for our services, but a space that we could have 24-7 a place that we could do ministry out of, a place that we could do evangelism out of, a place for our small groups. I, if you guys don't remember, this, this year we've launched more small groups than ever before. Yeah. And like, come on. Just every group is crushing it. And so I just really feel like, man, like we need a space of our own. And so we've been looking, we've been looking, we've been looking. Um, and I want you to understand something. Uh, As I share this with you, can I share something with you? Um, In terms of like a football analogy, if the touchdown is the end or the end zone, um, Megan can explain it to you after. Uh, We're on the five-yard line. Does that make sense? Meaning everything isn't necessarily official, but we're very, very close. And we're close enough that I want to tell the church um, in faith what I believe is going to be the next home of Kingdom Church. Can I can I can I tell you guys that? Can I show can, can I show you? I got I got a picture for you. Um, that's the that's the that's the sign right there uh, <laughs> that we put on. So uh, this is in um, it's Carlton Drive, which is right kind of behind Service Place in the, in the in the business park there. And um, these two bays right here. Uh, we've been kind of negotiating for the last month and just so many amazing people on our team helping out. Um, Andrell just crushing it. Annabelle's been helping us out so much. And we're just believing that um, this is our space and that this is going to be the future home of Kingdom Church and that our best days will be in this place. And um, I'm just super excited for that. And I'm just believing it in faith. And so I want you guys to know in faith that I think we're moving somewhere. And so uh, we'd love your prayers so we can get over the goal line and kind of finish it off. But I really believe this is where God is leading us. And it's going to be a place where I think that lives are going to be changed. I think that there's someone in your life, and maybe God's bringing a picture to your head that you've been praying for. I believe in this space, God will do that. And so uh, as we go into it, one thing I've found is that when we step out, we give margin for God to meet us there. But it's not until you step into the unknown that you're able to to do that. And so I said in 2020, when we started to give, just even to the food bank and small other things, that was a leap of faith for us. And when we did that, God met us there. And he increased what was brought into this place. Why? Because the Bible says he owns the cattle on the hill. Right? It's all his. God never runs out. And so we stepped into that in faith. And I want you to understand, we're stepping into this place in faith. It's gonna stretch us. It's gonna be a little bit more. Uh, this last week, we had our board meeting, and we did our budget for this next year. And one of the ways to make this thing work with our numbers so we weren't going crazy um, is we had to kind of take some places, some things away from other places in order to make it work. And so we presented the budget um, and probably, again, my lack of faith, uh, we have a goal where we want to give away 10%. We want to tithe our budget, essentially. Um, And so we did our budget, and the number that we were going to give away for 2022 worked out to be about 8% of our budget. Um, And when it went for approval, Pastor Ryan, who's on our board, um, he just said, budget looks amazing, everything looks great. He's like, but we're going to get that number to 10%. Um, And in order to do that, It's a stretch. But he said something that I thought was so good as we stretch into this building that's a different kind of stretch. He said the only insurance we have is the insurance of the Holy Spirit. And one thing that we know about God is that when we honor God, God honors us. And God makes a way. And so our budget is increasing in 2022. But we're still going to give away. The Generosity Project is still going to bless people. The San Food Bank is still going to be blessed. And we're believing that God's going to make a way. In faith, God's going to make a way. And one of the things and one of the reasons we take this offering next week is because it opens all of us up to say, Jesus, whatever you have for me in the next year, I'm open, I'm available. And so can I share one more goal with you guys? Um, In case you don't know, the building on the screen that I showed, um, the inside of it is completely empty. Like there's nothing in it. And so um, we've done some calculations just in terms of like how much money we need to raise in order to to make the the building happen. Um, And it's going to be, and this number is going to fluctuate, but it's going to be, give or take, $140,000, which is a stretch. Now, there's different ways that we can make that happen. Um, You can take out a loan, line of credit, all those things, and maybe we'll have to do that. But I just want to say in front of us all today, um, I'm believing in faith that we can pay that whole thing off and not take any debt on this church. Now, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to happen next week. I don't know if it's going to happen next month. But I'm believing in faith that when we come together and we step out into the water, God will do more. The Bible says, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, I read it to the team this morning, more than we could ever dream, think, or imagine. So I don't know what you can dream. I don't know what you can think. I don't know what you can imagine, but Jesus can do more. And so I'm just believing that he's going to do more in this season as we move forward. That means more lives are going to be changed, more connections, more people finding hope in the name of Jesus. He's going to make a way, and I'm just believing that he can do that. And I'm believing it because we're that church. We're that church. Come on, somebody. We're that church. Can we just stand for a second? I just want in this moment, um, as we kind of enter in uh, to the season that God has in front of us, the future, and specifically as we enter into next week, um, I just want us to be open to what God wants to do. And maybe that's stepping out of your comfort zone. And maybe that's financially, but maybe it's at work. Maybe it's with that person that you've kind of been intimidated with and you think there's no hope. Maybe it's a family member. But what I want to do is I want us to step into what God has for us. And I want us to experience the power of Jesus. And so right now, I just want to pray for us. So if you just want to receive that power, I just encourage you to open your hands up. God, I just pray for us in this room, Lord. I pray that as we step into this season as individuals, God, I pray that we can understand the power that exists in us, Lord. I pray that there is no room that we enter into that we are intimidated. I pray there is no wall that stands in the way between the the purpose that you have for us, God. So, Jesus, I just pray as you move forward into the best days that you have for us, Jesus, I just pray that your goodness will follow us and your mercy will follow us, Lord, and just go before us. So I just thank you so much for this church. I just thank you for what you're doing, God. And I just pray for a double portion of your spirit to just come into our hearts, come into our minds, come into our lives, Jesus. And I pray this week that people may be transformed in your name. Thank you for your spirit, Jesus. We pray in your mighty and holy name. Amen, 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 amen. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We hope that message encouraged and inspired you. If you want more information, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We'd love to connect with you. Until next time, take care.